1: I'm waiting for the indicator and there it is and we're live. Hello everyone and welcome to the Mirror Gaming Walkthrough, the weekly gaming news show full of spicy takes and juicy gossip. Um, Today we're going to be talking about Project Q or as I like to say Project L and yes that is a recycled (laughs) joke and I will continue to recycle that joke over and over again because I find it very funny leading swiftly on to the PlayStation Showcase and whether or not we're excited about the titles that they announced last week. And then we'll wrap up with a little bit of Diablo 4 talk because, as we all know, I have some very controversial opinions about that title. And producer will roll the titles.
0: Are you prepared to go public with your KD online? No. Everyone thinks... He or she is the best football expert on the planet. You see it in the back page of the mirror. You're going know, to deal agreed. I think the most important thing is just to have fun. What? Three tens. No, what button is it? <laughs> um, well, I oh! We're ready to come
1: for the W. Yeah?
0: Oh 12. Ooh. Ooh, here we go. If you can master second man press, you will defend 10 times better.
1: Today, I'm going to be reviewing the PSVR2 headset. <laughs> Hello everyone, I am your host Jasmine Manan and today I am joined with my esteemed colleagues Aaron Potter, gaming content creator here at Mirror Gaming and our short form video producer Matt who is frozen having a bit of technical issues right now um, but how are you guys today?
0: Yeah I'm, I'm a bit better than Matt because he's frozen <laughs> and he was giving me a really creepy smile then for all of us but no it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be back. I treated myself to Time off the pod last week, but I'm itching to talk about all things PlayStation this week, 100%
1: great great and matt i don't know if you're there or not i but... could you
0: can probably hear me but my <laughs> we camera can hear is, you, yeah
1: <laughs> i just keep having these endless camera problems and it, does, it looks like they're fixed
0: and like this is what you get <laughs> you're just playing the best um game of musical statues ever matt i think podcast statues
1: <laughs> yeah i'm doing it <laughs> oh all my live. god he's talking and his mouth <laughs> isn't moving oh my god i uh, wow. I'll, I'll i'll leave and try and fix it and come back in just two moments okay cool. no worries um and as matt goes to try and fix that let's jump straight into our first topic project q um so project q is a new ps5 handhold system which sony announced at their may 2023 playstation showcase event um it is coming in after recent rumors that the company had plans to dip into the portable gaming market once again after the success of psp All new and love that, and the PS Vita, a little bit less known and loved. Um, Uh, 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 uh. (laughs) Sorry to offend. Um, Uh, uh. All we know so far about Project Q is that the device will be launched later this year and it will allow you to stream games from your PS5 console using remote play over Wi-Fi, including leaks stating that the device features an 8-inch LCD screen capable of up to 1080p resolution at 60 frames per second. The announcement teaser specified that games have to be installed on your PS5 console and that VR games are excluded. So don't get it twisted. This is a cloud gaming device, not a dedicated handheld. Okay. First things first, what do you think? Go on, Aaron. Just go straight into what do you think? Without any, what? any of my opinions coming in.
0: Yeah, no, that's cool. I think we're going to be on a similar boat for this anyway, but I do think calling it a cloud device is a bit misleading. Not saying that you've done that, because I feel like a lot of people are saying this, because saying it's a cloud streaming device implies that you stream from like a server in the cloud somewhere, whereas that's not, as far as we can tell, that is not what Project Q is. All that Project Q is, is a a screen, an 8-inch LCD screen that streams... Over Wi-Fi from your PlayStation 5. So basically think of it as a portable PS5. It's not communicating to a server like they do, like you can do with Xcloud. Um, it's literally using remote play, which is a term and a service that um Sony have been trotting out as far back as the PlayStation 3 days, I wanna say. But I remember communicating with my PlayStation Vita. Vita for life, uh, of course, always my, my first <laughs> Ooh, love. Sorry, um, uh, not really my first love. I don't know why I said that, but yeah, uh, <laughs> one of one of my loves, one of my gaming loves. Um, yeah, because I can remember when it was probably a thing and trying to get Infamous Two to work from my PlayStation Three over to my Vita. So while there's part of me that's like, hey, PlayStation are clearly seeing that there's a gap in the market. You know, Nintendo have had a lot of success with the Nintendo Switch. And we're also seeing, obviously, we've got things like the ROG Ally, which I know that you're familiar with a whole lot, Jasmine, the Steam Deck. And then it seems like PlayStation, with what they're calling Project Q, is just a shortcut to try and, you know, pass itself off as like a handheld when that's Mm -hmm. not really what it is. But having said that, would I use this? Yes, I would. Because where do I play my Nintendo Switch and Steam Deck? Right here in my house. There's no way you'd catch me using it on public transport uh, unless I'm on a long distance journey but you're saying yeah. you would
1: pay, pay money so oh, whoa, whoa, that whoa, you
0: whoa. Can... <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop you, you there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. You would, would you buy this device for it, your you phone? It... You're, you're paying for it so you can use it in your house when you already have a PS5 in your, I'm assuming living room or office.
0: Do you know what? I'd sooner pay for this depending on price point, And we could talk about that uh, a little bit later on. Uh, than I would like something like, is it the Razer Kishi or something like that? Where you the idea is, is that you slot your phone in. And yeah, yeah or like the Backbone. The Backbone yeah. is the, the one that most people are familiar with, I guess, yeah. yeah. Um, and the reason is because we literally, even though it's not out yet, even though no one's had hands on this thing, I can already tell you that the form factor is going to be absolutely bloody brilliant. And why? Because some, some genius at PlayStation looked at the DualSense PS5 controller went, what if we cut this thing in half and stick it on the side of a Nintendo Switch, and that's basically what it is. Even to the point that it has like haptic feedback and rumble included. So, where's a lot? Yeah,
1: you use like one of those types of shells for your Nintendo Switch, right? Where you've got like the extra sort of grips to make it feel a bit more like a controller rather than you're holding like a Nintendo Switch. I remember you saying that. Oh, I do.
0: It, well, exactly my point? Like yeah. I, I was fine using the, just the Joy-Con for the longest time, but now since I've got my Skullco grips. It's I'd never go back because the support is amazing.
1: But I just feel like if you are limited to using this thing in your house, I feel like it kind of defeats the purpose of portability. And I know that a lot of people do use their handheld devices at home, me included. Like I literally was paying my ASR J right there. Like I wasn't using it in many yeah. other places. That's fine. But I don't know, it just feels a bit like it's not a standalone thing. You can't just take it out with you if you do want to or whatever. Like, you have to. Does this mean that you have to have your PS5 turned on to be able to use it?
0: It, it absolutely does, as far as I can tell. If it's going yeah. to work in any way similarly to how remote play uh, was functions in the past, then you're going to need your PS5 on. So, the only benefit, the only use case, and I think this is why people are liking it or jokingly likening it to the Wii U. Mm-hmm. It's because with the Wii U, the whole idea was someone can watch telly while you play games in your house portably. And obviously the range on that thing, I think it was like barely over 10 10 feet. And it's a similar thing here because you can't go out of the house with this thing. You can't communicate uh, via like 5G uh, on the thing. It's literally just a tether to um, to your existing PlayStation 5. So, I mean, I live alone. I probably still use this because I think, you know, Having something like YouTube up in the background while I get to play God of War Ragnarok in my hands, like that is a cool experience. But having said that, PlayStation could soon find itself in competition with itself because I don't think this is one of the major topics we were planning on discussing. But we've got PlayStation games coming to Steam now on a regular basis Mm -hmm. to the extent that Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart is coming uh, as early Mm -hmm. as July, I believe. So it'd be interesting to see... You know what runs better? You know the Project Q running via via PS Five via remote play or just the Steam version of the game running on a Steam Deck? Like that's something I'm really curious Mm -hmm. about. Obviously, the difference there is that no processing is actually happening on Project Q, and I think that's what they're banking on. Yeah,
1: I was I was going to say the exact same thing. Is that the the biggest success with the PS Five and all of the PS Five exclusives that come out is that they run so well on obviously native hardware, and if project Q is running these titles off of the ps5 and then just sort of streaming the gameplay to the screen then you can kind of like as long as you have a decent wi-fi connection you can kind of like bank on the fact that you know it's going to run smoothly and it's going to feel like really nice to play the same way it is when you are actually sitting and playing on your ps5 console um which is something that you don't necessarily get with all games on the Steam Deck or Asus ROG Ally, even the Nintendo Switch now that it's getting older. like Games aren't optimized for handhelds. Like All games aren't optimized for handhelds yet when it comes to the Steam Deck and Asus ROG Ally, and some games that they bring to Nintendo Switch clearly are not optimized for the Nintendo Switch either, and they still just stick them on the Nintendo eShop and they go, here you go, pay basically full price for this title that is just not going to run correctly. So maybe this will be sort of the first opportunity that people will get to be able to play on a handheld where all the titles are gonna be running smoothly and they'll be optimized and you're not gonna run into those issues. But then you need a pretty good Wi Fi connection in order to get that same smoothness that you're gonna be getting off of your console. Right. And I just don't know how feasible that is for the majority of people. Yeah, sure games probably have good internet, but I'm pretty sure a majority of them rely on like Ethernet connection, right? Mm. So well, I do anyway. So realistically, Wi-Fi is just so unreliable.
0: But having said that, like I've dabbled with like xCloud in the past, like using like a backbone like controller. I don't know which one exactly I have. And I have been impressed by like the the really low latency, even over like 5G, because that's not well. You've got the option to essentially do the same thing to your phone with an Xbox Series X is stream to your phone. But then you've also got the option to call for games I don't own. Uh, call away in servers, you know, on the west coast of the US, as far as I can tell. And is it perfect? No. But I think that by honing the connection just in your house alone, PlayStation, let's make no bones about it. They are taking the lazy route. Like, this isn't mm-hmm. Vita 2. Mm-hmm. This isn't Vita 2 that we want. But part of me is glad that we're not getting Vita 2 and that they are kind of putting this out just as an option. We we understand it's not for everybody, but it's there if you want it kind of thing. Uh Um, Because let's not forget while there, if you have one of these, any game you play on your PS5, you can also suddenly play remotely. Whereas with Steam Deck, the barrier to entry is 350 pounds minimum. And then granted Steam games do tend to be priced significantly lower than uh, PlayStation games. And there's a lot more games available, but it saves you having to build up that back catalog or your, your games library again. Uh Um, So, and and the reason I say that I'm happy that this isn't Vita 2 is because I think we're already seeing from PlayStation VR 2 that PlayStation in its current state really isn't equipped to support more than one device. Like we've had one for true first party games so far at launch, Horizon, Call of the Mountain. And then what other first party PlayStation VR 2 games have we got coming? You hear that? Crickets, crickets, (laughs) not a lot coming. So I dread to think knowing how poorly they supported the Vita in the first couple of years of its life and they basically yeah. gave up on it that's why i feel like they're trying to have their cake and eat it a bit and say see we do care about handheld gaming we understand that there's a market there but we're not willing to go all in um mm-hmm. so yeah i've got like mixed feelings about it i don't know if you want to talk about price because i do have a cap in my head yeah about what i'd be willing to pay for it for um i, I just before
1: yeah. we move on to price um i just want to say uh i don't think matt's going to be returning just because of his technical issues and he can't repair them but Oh um, no. Thank you for appearing for the first 10 seconds of the stream, Matt. Greatly appreciated. And, cameo um, there. Yeah, that was that was lovely to see you. Um, and <laughs> anyway, I do want to say I want to read this little excerpt that I wrote in a piece that I published last week about Project Q. Um, because I feel like even though we kind of felt on the same page for a little bit, I feel like you sort of strayed off a little bit in the complete opposite direction of what my opinion on this device is. I have been and, meant to do that, yeah. Um <laughs> So I said, Project Q really could have been the next big thing in the handheld gaming market. It could have allowed people who don't have access to a PS5 console to still get their hands on amazing PlayStation exclusives, which would have allowed it to continue to conquer the gaming market. Instead, we have been handed another glorified device, which frankly, probably won't do much more than what your mobile phone can do. And that is my honest opinion. I had to read it like that because I couldn't summarize it any better than than how I did there. I don't this could have been so cool. Could you imagine how cool it would have been for people that don't own a PS5 to still be able to access all of these PS5 exclusive titles, don't have to wait for them to be ported to PC three years later and then be really crap and not be able to work? Like, it could have been absolutely fantastic. And now just being told it's a remote play system, which, like, you can already do with your phone, it's just, like, so, so disappointing. And... Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say it. It would have been cool, but the price would have been too high. Like the, the the device you're describing, it would be the same price as a PlayStation Five console. So rather than like, and and on top of that, it would cost them more to you know pump pump effort into R and D so that they they have it looking like nice and sleek and so you know it's able to run mm-hmm. games natively. Um, I feel like. I don't know. The type of games that PlayStation is known for, they deserve to be played on a big screen anyway. That's why, like in my mind, like, I know people are like up in arms about it and they've got every reason to be, including yourself potentially. Oh, big Aaron. Hello. I'm here. <laughs> now I'm regular size again. Um, because it is Sony taking the easy way out, uh, as as I've said, but like it's it's just inoffensive because it's an option, it's not replacing anything. And I see it as a, you know, it's an option to people in a very specific use case, which I admit is very weird. And that's Mm. why I think that in order to cater to that very specific use case, it needs to be priced perfectly, but PlayStation being PlayStation, they're not going to do it. I can tell you that for a fact now. I think
1: even based on other devices that are currently in the handheld gaming market, um, handheld devices, even down to stuff like the Steam Deck, where we know that the Steam Deck is heavily subsidized by Valve, you know, it's, So we don't know for sure that that's the same with the Asus ROG Ally, but it does feel like it given that it comes in at literally just 50 pounds over the highest tier Steam Deck. These devices are heavily subsidized and still very expensive and somewhat inaccessible to a standard gamer. And the main point of comparison I want to make is the Logitech G Cloud, which is a cloud gaming system. Um, It doesn't have 4-5G support. It runs solely on Wi-Fi and it is literally just for accessing cloud gaming platforms like NVIDIA GeForce Now and Xbox Cloud Gaming and you can access the Google Play Store on it too like you can a mobile phone and that device comes in at 250 pounds or I think it's 300 dollars that might be wrong it might also be 250 dollars so realistically I... I just don't see this being very, I don't see it being very affordably priced. I don't know what you, I know you said you have a cap in mind. I don't know what
0: you think your cap is. I mean, my cap's going to be absolutely laughable because I mean, I should (laughs) have looked this up. The price, the RRP of a DualSense controller, what are we saying?
1: I think
0: 50, it's 59 50 and 999. Yeah. Yeah, 5999. And a dual sense edge is $209.99, And that's a yes. entirely different kettle of fish yeah. because if you're playing games competitively, do it on PC like like a real person. Um, anyway, <laughs> and I say that as someone who plays <laughs> primarily on console. Um, having said that, I do love my Xbox Elite Series 2 controller. I wouldn't change it for the world, but that is only because I can charge it in a dock, whereas the standard Xbox Series X controller, you still have to buy batteries. Like, what is going on? uh matt's in the chat (laughs) he does say 9.99 or i'm out i wish it was 9.99 the price i had in my head was literally about 50 pounds i was like if they listed this for 50 absolutely that was
1: was your price
0: that that was my price and it's not realistic i know but like okay that
1: was was just you going for like something insane
0: (laughs) no but but literally like when you describe what this thing can do when Mm -hmm. you describe that it's literally just a dual sense with a screen all right Mm -hmm. at a push 79.99 79.99 okay got but a even a backbone
1: even a backbone comes in at, at like 80 80 quid so
0: yeah but like they, they can't keep getting away with it jasmine you know what <laughs> what <I mean? laughs> they can't. all it is is a glorified bit of plastic and i know what they'll they'll blame it on is the haptic uh rumble yeah. feedback support yeah, but my, count, yeah. my counter argument to that is well i'm sorry you don't earn, oh, i'm getting ranty again you can tell i've had go a week on, off go on. and jazz but i'm getting ranty in a positive way or you know Consumer you're ranting warrior.
1: you're ranting in a way that is agreeing with my opinion so i'll, I'll allow it go on go
0: yeah on. yeah exactly <laughs> thank you very much for gracing me with that um, so yeah they would they'll try and justify the price because it comes packed with all the functions of the traditional playstation 5 uh, dual sense controller to which i would counter and offer a riposte and say that's fine what games actually use the haptic feedback in a way that's interesting or you know must play other than astrobot which was a, a playstation 5 launch game I bet Astrobot would feel amazing to play portably on Project Q, but that they can't keep, like, you know, using that as a, as a crux when they're not telling even their first party teams. Or maybe even worse, maybe they are telling their first party teams. We'll find out when Spider Man 2 comes out later this year. All I know is that I played God of War Ragnarok, and not for a second did I, whilst I was using my controller, think, oh, this feels amazing to play. It's getting amazing support out of the Haptic Rumble. So, Spider Man 2, that's like the first proper, as far as I can recall, First-party PlayStation Five exclusive that isn't coming out on PS4 either, and I'm interested to see how that game, which we'll talk a bit more about, uh, makes use of the DualSense uh, controller. But you know, I'm rambling. I'm ram- rambling and ranting a bit now. There's so no. Much I think you're. I think thing. you're
1: absolutely right in the sense that you know the haptic feedback is a big part of the DualSense controller, and um, it's clearly a big part of the new Project Q device considering that you know when they first announced it and launched it that was like a big thing that they said is that oh yeah you know this has all the all the features that you have on a dual sense controller and they specified in the trailer yeah haptic feedback oh yeah adaptive triggers all of this stuff so clearly these are like selling points right but i just feel like games aren't utilizing it correctly so even if it is a selling point even if you can get a controller that rumbles really nicely if you, if it's not happening in the games what does it matter what well, i'm not gonna buy it so it can rumble in one game do you know what i mean like it doesn't yeah really make sense, um, we've got Matt I... in the chat saying it's going to be at least £279 but probably £500, I think you're correct in that £279 is the minimum that it'll come out at um, just given that the DualSense Edge is £210 for a controller, is so expensive and um, Adam L says, all of this overpriced kit makes me want to not bother with consoles and just stick to my already paid for gaming PC Team I guess PC all the way.
0: Which I would say to that, if you add up at all, all of this PlayStation junk, it still comes in price lower at a gaming PC. So in terms of that the is accessibility true. argument,
1: it you've not got a leg to
0: stand on. I'm sorry, Adamel, to call you out like that, but
1: But you, you know. but the thing is with PCs that you don't need to commit to, you know, like the highest tier option. You can you can pick up like really cheap gaming PCs and still play.
0: I'm I'm streaming this now on a gaming laptop that Jasmine constantly (laughs) makes fun of me about, but hey, we exist. We exist. Right.
1: Okay. JD Incinerator says haptic feedback is pretty much a disposable gimmick to sell PS5s, not too dissimilar from the six axis PS3 controller. Um, Yeah, that's true.
0: Not a lot of PS3 games made adequate use of the six axis.
1: I think they do hang on to, onto the idea of haptic feedback, clearly like, it is important to them it's important to the kit important to the controller important to project q you know they keep bringing it up all the time but until they can bring me examples of really good games that use the haptic feedback well that isn't literally just like oh whoa the controller shook a bit whoa you know like you actually yeah. want to you know you want it to commit to the bit a bit more right and Play- it, yeah games just it- don't do that
0: it's reminiscent of like the PlayStation Vita back touch, which was like gimmicky at the time. It's like, we just need a differentiator. And obviously, when the Nintendo Switch first launched, there was a lot said about HD Rumble and how much that would change the game and mm-hmm. you know put it in your hands. And it's funny how they all just sort of melt away by the end because people don't care. Either, either players don't care enough to use it or the developers aren't really interested. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jasmine, I was wondering if I could turn the table a bit and ask you a question about Project Q. Right, go on. I believe it's known that it's coming out before the end of this year. I they right said insane? that they'd
1: be releasing more details later this year, right. but it's a bit up in the air. I do think it will be coming out later this year from the way that they phrased that trailer. Yeah,
0: But here's the thing. The thing that makes me think that it isn't coming out this year or that it's not mm. a point of priority. Why mm-hmm. haven't they given it a proper name yet? Why is it called Project Q?
1: Right. Right. This is what I I wanted it's to speak about. Right. This yeah. is su- it's such a rushed release this trailer yeah. everything it was just so rushed sorry if this was what you were going to ask me but i feel like sony scrambled after how successful the asus rog ally was obviously the steam deck's been around for ages and it was like okay yeah the steam deck is doing really well but that was easy for people to pass off as a, okay this is a one-off valve did it they did it really really well they subsidized it a ton do we want to take that loss probably not then in comes Steam Deck V2, ASUS ROG Ally, and it's done really well in terms of like reception and stuff. I don't think pre-order numbers are actually out there yet for us to, to see how many units are selling, but just in terms of reception, in terms of how many people you hear talking about it, in terms of how many people you see saying that they've put a pre-order in, it has had an amazing reception. People have really invested in this in this handheld device because it's sort of like the next step up in terms of compared to the Steam Deck. Do we think that Sony were like, oh, my God, this is working. We need to just like slap a name on our handheld and stick it in the end of a trailer. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah, probably because they called it Project Q and it's not even a Q LED screen. So it's like what you're playing at. Yeah. Um, because yeah, well, they I've... couldn't
1: call it Project L, could they? There's my joke again, <laughs> guys. Think that is so. <laughs> true.
0: Or are there like, you know, 20 other projects before we get to Project Q? I don't know. But I do think it is incredibly sus. I wouldn't be surprised if it was something they slapped together at the start of this year mm-hmm. or that they did see something like the ROG Ally announcement alongside what the the Steam Deck numbers were doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but let's not forget actually like I, the rumors of this thing existed well before last week's PlayStation showcase event as well. Mm-hmm. So that tells me that it has been in the works. And didn't you say that with the ROG Ally like that had been in the works for like years they're trying I to, mean,
1: say. So I to say. So Ace to say that they were um working on it for nine years. And awesome. you know and that's that's <laughs> a really long time right for them to say that. But I yeah. think Uh, the thing that I keep coming back to is the Logitech G Cloud, which was announced back in September last year. I want to say it might have been October. It was announced last year, and immediately as soon as it was announced, everyone was like, What is this? This is like people were really unhappy with it. Um, it's it sort of reviews for it started coming out uh two weeks ago-ish, and people are not happy with it. People have said that it's not very it's not a very sort of value-for-money console or device. I don't want to say console because it's not a console. Um, There's a
0: shock. It's not not good value for money, the Logitech G Cloud. Wow. It
1: comes in at £250, and all you can do is play cloud games on it and access the Google Play Store, everything that you can do on your phone anyway. Um, and then despite all of that, in terms of, like, ergonomics, this is from my own personal experience reviewing it because I am in the process of reviewing it in terms of ergonomics. It's not, like, fantastic either. So, really, what are you paying all that money for? Um, so... You're telling me Sony saw that, Sony saw that announcement (laughs) and they saw everyone complaining about it, having a proper gab saying that this is going to be terrible. No one's going to buy this. And then they saw the reviews for it come out before their showcase. And then they thought, yeah, do you know what? Let's just, let's just announce our one. It's the same thing. And it's going to be more expensive when we finally like announce a price. but let's just announce it. It's fine. Like we need to we need to get in there with the ASUS RG ally and Steam Deck fanboys. Like we need to just announce it. It's fine. And that's what they thought. You're telling me that's actually what happened. Come on, Sony. Like, what's happening here? They fumbled this so badly. I'm so confused. I think
0: it's because they don't believe in it. Like, and they don't want to dedicate the time uh necessary because they know that the the ROI. Like, this strikes me as one of those things similar to the PSVR 2, granted that was on a much larger scale, where the idea for this thing was already well into development and plans were drawn up, and they're kind of like, right, we got to commit to this thing uh, because that's the only way we're going to make our money back. But Project Q, I get the impression that they stopped it early enough so that you know they could sort of hand it off as this kind of use-it-with-remote-play device. But I'm telling you now, if this thing is priced over £150, I cannot tell you what that money is going the on. The
1: DualSense Edge is 210.
0: I know. I know. It, the uh, DualSense Edge doesn't know that's a controller. It doesn't have a screen um, on it um, or anything. And my thoughts go out to anybody who picked up, pick that up because <laughs> God knows I, I wish I was doing as well in life as you were if you could have to drop 300 <laughs> quid uh, on a controller. Um, can, can I just say we've got Mighty Mookie in the chat uh, who says, as a PC gamer playing Diablo 4 soon. More on that later. I'd settle for an Xbox Series X. Family can play the console while I still play on my rig. This is going back to the console versus PC chat again. But mm-hmm. the only thing I would say to that is, what games are you playing on your Xbox Series X? Oh, yeah, Redfall. But anyway, Jasmine, what were you saying? I wasn't saying, actually. But <laughs> <laughs> if
1: you wanted to go on that tangent, you could do that without firing it back to me. Um, But I do think um the PSP was so good, right? Like Sony... Yeah. Sony, not even just back with the PSP, even recently, Sony have been on a roll. They've brought out, even PSVR 2, people were like, yeah, this is not, this is not going to be great. And then they released their sales figures recently and they were f- fantastic. And the PS5, an amazing console. Now that more PS5 exclusives are coming out, people are really seeing what the hardware can do. It's expensive. Yeah, there were stock issues. All of this stuff people were scalping, but that had nothing to do specifically with Sony. They were, you know, trying to repair all the stock issues as best they could. They streamlined the um production for it now so that you can actually pick up a console if you want it all the games that they've released in the past few years have been amazing and i know i don't have to tell you that because you are sony's biggest fanboy here well, like, well let's ES5 let's wait exclusive. until our conversation later ps5 <laughs> yeah. exclusive games have been amazing you know god of war ragnarok literally took game of the year last year like they are fab um S- spider man the spider man games i i love them to bits so you know why would they take all of that that great rep- reputation the fact that they're on a roll like a proper role going downhill and everything like you know going fast i guess eventually they did have to hit the bottom right and this this is what it is like it's just why would they tarnish their reputation with this it's making me feel like really icky it's making me feel really disappointed I'm, i don't like, know if
0: totally, i go like I don't know if I go as far and grandiose as saying they're ruining their reputation. I think, you
1: know, is it a
0: CD move that's designed to, you know, bleed people from money? Like the most, I would argue, the most vulnerable or the most sort of like absorbed into the ecosystem? Probably, because they also showed but some they've earbuds. They've done that
1: with their controllers. Yeah, the earbuds don't even get me started on the earbuds. it have been for a long time. But they've done that consistently with their controllers, even with PSVR. Two. it's like, yeah, the MetaQuest 2, which I also know, yes, it's heavily subsidized Jasmine. Oh, mate, I was pumping so much money into it. Yeah, I get it. Okay, cool. The MetaQuest yeah, 2 t- is cheaper than PSVR 2 and it's standalone. It's got all the hardware in it already. PSVR 2 doesn't have all the hardware in it. It's running off of the PS5 console. You have to play with a cable. Okay, why is it more expensive than a standalone VR headset? They're yeah, doing I that know. already while because still th- being successful. This, this feels like a
0: I sony feel like they've hit the wall sony would say because it's got a better odor display built into the psvr2 right and the hand tracking and the you know the inside out tracking and all that jazz whatever like i i don't own one i, I i'm more than happy with my MetaQuest 2 that's immersive enough but um yeah the whole project q debate is kind of like i we were bringing up the dual sense edge controller so i'm getting the impression from you that this thing is going to probably be at least similarly priced to the dual sense edge if you had to guess I think it'd
1: be a bit more. I think it'd be sort of like high 200s is what I'm going with.
0: Well, guess what? I'm looking on smithstoystore.com right now. And for $259.99, I can get a Nintendo Switch uh, with improved battery life. Yeah. You know, I can get an entire console. And I know that console's been out for like a long time, but it just kind of puts things into perspective. And PlayStation must be looking at this like, this thing is literally just a screen with a controller on it. That's all it is. Mm and it might be a very nice screen and okay yeah it can do up to 60 fps which the switch can but the steam deck can um i don't know i just we can talk we can talk about this around the house as, as much as we want but i think it's a niche audience pro- even more niche than PSVR 2 and i wouldn't be surprised if playstation just can it to be honest because they know they're not going to be able to sell it at the price point they want to
1: mm-hmm. nathan yeah. says sony stuff is always expensive i'm saying 400 no way I know I, I I can see where he's coming from 100%. I think that this will be on the much higher end of what you're saying, which is why when you said 50 to me, I was like, "What is this guy saying?" Because but I was just bit, that's alone. not what
0: that's not what I think that the that it's going it to cost. That's be. what I would pay for it, and right. I am a very specific use case. So if I'm only willing to part with 50 pounds, 80 to 100 pounds max, then yeah. you're you've already shot yourself in your foot. As far as yeah, I this is know, Sony,
1: this is your biggest fanboy saying that he's not gonna buy your handheld, right?
0: <sighs>
1: <laughs> okay, let's let's move on from Project Q. We've been speaking about it a lot, and um Project Sale. Okay, yeah, there you go. I didn't say it this time, guys. <laughs> I didn't say it this time, guys. But clearly we're both really disappointed. And does that disappointment carry on with the rest of the showcase? Um, we saw the PlayStation Showcase also announce a bunch of software for the PS4 and PS5 alike. Um, so we've got a whole bunch of new games coming over the next few months. We were also treated with a gameplay reveal for Marvel Spider-Man 2. The new trailer showed off Miles, Mor- Miles Morales, sorry, and Peter Parker chasing down the lizard, also known as Dr. Kurt Connors through New York. Other big reveals included the reveal of the long rumored remake of Metal Gear Solid 3. We got our first look at Dragon, Dragon's Dogma 2 from Capcom. Bungie's next title which is a reboot of their marathon series and we also finally got some release dates for highly anticipated titles such as Adam Wake 2 and Assassin's Creed Mirage which come out five days apart on October 17th and October 12th in 2023 respectively um, and we saw some final release trailers for Final Fantasy 16 and Street Fighter VI, which both come out next month. It's weird to say that Street Fighter VI comes out next month when it's literally this, this week, but it is still next, next month. Next is tomorrow,
0: Jasmine. Yeah, Happy. I know,
1: I know. Um, there's also <laughs> a decent expansion to the PSVR 2 library, including Beat Saber finally coming to the platform, Resident Evil 4 VR mode revealed, and a new shooter coming in July called Synapse. So we um, didn't hear, we didn't see too many new sort of like, exclusives coming um aside from obviously spider-man 2 which we kind of already knew was was in the works and stuff but um what are you looking forward to any of these titles that have been announced what's your opinion i know you have some strong opinions sort of about sony's direction as a whole with their titles now as you mentioned earlier so shall i just let you get straight into that go ahead strong go opinions on.
0: i've got them i've got them go let on, me let please. me let me tell you how this went down so for reasons <laughs> i won't go into now I left uh, the Lord of the Rings Gollum launch event early to go back. To, I was in Paris at time to go back to my hotel room with a bunch of other journos. And we watched this um, PlayStation showcase. And it was quite interesting doing that because it was like seeing everybody's reactions. A couple of people were lukewarm on it. And in the moment, they sort of had me um, because a little game called Helldivers 2 got announced. And this is a game that I've been looking forward to for, I kid you not, no less than 10 years. The original Helldivers game is really important to me. It was released on PlayStation Plus around about 20, yeah, 2014, I think. And that looked amazing. Like uh, that, that was my game of the show, aside from what we saw of Marvel Spider-Man 2, because there are little hints of gameplay in there. And because of the, the previous game and the tone of it, I knew exactly what to expect. This was a showcase that was full of surprises. And the biggest surprise was that hardly any game I'm looking forward to was featured in it. Oh, sorry, uh, apart from Helldivers 2 or games that we didn't know about like final fantasy 16 i previewed that last month yeah it's great alan wake 2 cannot wait for alan wake 2 that looked absolutely brilliant jasmine i know you don't do horror games assassin's yeah. creed mirage brilliant i love the highlight i love the focus on indies great psvr2 stuff yeah synapse looks cool what worries me
1: <laughs> right yeah is
0: that is is that we haven't heard Like going into this, maybe it's a case of like, you know, mismanaged expectations, but this is PlayStation's first showcase, not Mm -hmm. state of play, in two Mm -hmm. years. They skipped out last year, didn't have a summer show at all. So I feel like by doing that and then saying that you're discussing quote unquote new IP, you need to bring out your big guns. And if you're not bringing out the big guns, then you need to explain yourself better about all the new stuff you're showing. And for them to open a showcase, because traditionally with big classic style E3 showcases like this, you open and close with your heaviest hitters. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of crazy that they opened with what we now know to be is this new genre, which I only have, I've only actually heard of coined in the week since an extraction shooter. Have you heard this term no. Jasmine? No. Well, I'm glad it's not just me then. But, so <laughs> apparently there's this whole genre of games where it's kind of like PVE, but the whole objective is to get out, get in and work as a team. So I can name a, a payday seems like the progenitor for that sort of genre. But basically what I'm saying is that they opened this with a game called Fair Games, but it wasn't an <laughs> S. It was a dollar sign, which I thought was extremely tacky. <laughs> and it looks exactly I'm like... I'm so
1: glad you said that, that it's tacky, because that's such a yeah. minuscule thing, but it's just really annoyed me that but, but,
0: it's a dollar sign on the end. <laughs> but the reason I focus on these things is because like, that's literally all we saw of the game. Like, It was like a brief bit of you know CGI, no gameplay, and just a treatment for the logo, and that treatment... Stuck a massive dollar sign in there. Who do they think they are? Kesha? Like, what's going on? Um, Yeah. So, and then basically my whole takeaway from this conference was that there wasn't enough single-player first-party games. We don't know what Sucker Punch is working on. We don't know what's going on with Naughty Dog in terms of their single-player output. We don't know any of this stuff. Insomniac didn't show Wolverine. I mean, Insomniac are carrying PlayStation this year, it seems, on their back. Like, there's, other than Marvel Spider-Man 2, there's no first-party single-player exclusive, which is traditionally what PlayStation are known for. The emphasis here was clearly on we're investing in these live service studios and guess what we're going to be showing off these live service games to which i say <sighs> sad isn't it
1: sad. i okay i oh, is... shut up now
0: yeah this is this is
1: the thing right is that i i love my live service games you know whenever yeah, yeah. someone asks me oh yeah jasmine what do you what do you play oh you're a games journalist what do you what do you like playing and i'm like straight up there i go Disclaimer, I play live service games. Um, I don't play the type of stuff which you're probably going to expect me to talk about. I, I don't play stuff like Resident Evil. I don't play stuff like Diablo. I play live service stuff, um, particularly shooters. But saying that, nothing I saw in that showcase excited me. Mm. Coming from someone who loves those types of games... Granted, I didn't know what an extraction shooter was. I didn't know that was even a genre of game yet. Cool. But still didn't. I don't know. Like nothing really appealed to me. Fair game, dollar sign. A debut title. A debut title from Haven Studios. I don't know. I feel like if that's that's how you wanted to debut, should have shown us a bit more yeah because fair game dollar sign is not doing it for me right now what can i
0: can i just say about fair game Mm -hmm. dollar sign which i'm more than happy to talk call it alongside Mm you um the thing is with this game is it's it's coming from haven studios and the the precedent from them is that it's headed up by a a creative director called jade raymond who's largely credited with heading up assassin's creed and far cry and sort of kicking off you know Mm -hmm the current phase of those franchises. So the fact that she's gone and she's had a, you know, she went off and worked at Google stadia for a bit, whatever Mm -hmm. she was working on got shot that shut down for obvious reasons. So the fact that her big vision Mm -hmm. coming from that precedent is just another one of those games was very disappointing to me. And to hear that it didn't even do anything for you. You're someone who does have a vested interest in what I used to call hero shooters. Apparently now they're called extraction shooters. Um, you know, and, and I'm being facetious there. Before anybody has a go at me in the comments, yeah, I think that says a lot.
1: I, I don't know. I think like obviously for me, the main reason I watched the showcase was for the hardware stuff because I'm a hardwarey person. Um, but obviously, um, another big thing I'm into is VR, and I watched the VR stuff, and then there wasn't a lot of that, so it just felt like okay. So they've announced some hardware stuff I'm not happy with. They've announced. Not enough VR stuff. Like, I'm happy with the stuff they did announce. So, Beat Saber VR finally coming to PSVR 2. It's not like that game's been on the Meta Quest 2 for years and years and years, but
0: it sh- you know, should have cool. been on PSVR 2 for day one. It was on PSVR should, 1. Why wasn't it there?
1: It should have been. That was the th- main thing I always said. Beat Saber is my favorite VR game on Earth. Absolutely love it. I sit there and I play it for hours and hours and hours until I go dizzy. Don't recommend. And when I found out that it wasn't going to be on the PSVR 2 on launch day, but then they did say and they confirmed it will be coming soon. That was just really disappointing for me. And now it's finally here. Okay, it, the, the device has been out for three months now. Like, you know, it should have been brought to the device much sooner. Resident Evil 4 VR mode. Yeah, cool. That's, you know, can't be upset with that. That's great. It looks cool. Um, The new Synapse game. Yeah, it looks cool. And that's it.
0: Is He's that like it waiting. for all your highlights?
1: No, I just mean for VR games.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: I was waiting. I had my, you know, my ears. <laughs> I was like, waiting. was like, right, come on, bring in more VR. Nope. Yeah. Okay, next one. Nope. <laughs> next one. Nope. And that was it. There's no more VR titles for the rest of the stream. And for me, considering the MetaQuest gaming showcase is tomorrow, which we'll be mm. streaming, by the way, come along and watch me and Aaron react to that tomorrow at six PM BST um but considering that is tomorrow this showcase was last week they know you know this sh- the meta quest gaming showcase has been announced for ages It's so like they didn't know they know that meta are doing this dedicated showcase just for vr games which is 40 minutes long so there's going to be a bunch of new stuff coming to the meta quest too. this should have been an opportunity for them to get ahead of that curve and be like hey yeah there are a bunch of cool games coming to the meta quest but there are a bunch of cool games coming to our platform too and instead all they hit us with was yeah you're finally getting beat saber which you can already get on the meta quest and have been able to for years and you could have got on psvr one you know or literally you can get on any other vr platform that you pick up right now and resident evil 4 and this new game called Signups, which they didn't show us a lot of they i feel like I don't know that's also my type of game you know like VR shooters love that stuff and I just feel like I didn't really get into that either maybe it's just because I was already disappointed with the rest of the stream that was kind of in a bad mood and I was like yeah no this is gonna be crap but you know I just am thoroughly disappointed um I love I love VR it's one of my main like platforms for playing games right now and it has been for a couple of years and given that I know that tomorrow Meta are going to come out with some amazing stuff as they always do at the gaming showcase, the fact that they had a, that PlayStation had their showcase, and as you said, the first one in two years, the first showcase that they've had after their brand new PSVR2 console and they only announced three new games coming to VR, I was upset.
0: Well, I think we saw synapse before in a previous state of play. Like that's not a new game. This was our it's a new game in the sense that it isn't out yet but we've known that. Yeah. It's, it's this was the confirmation of
1: the release date. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and the funny thing was is because the the voice of the bad guy. I think I think the idea of a roguelike FPS in VR is interesting because a lot, of, you know, a lot of VR games are sort of like and I don't mean this is going to sound derogatory but I promise uh, you know it, they're like glorified demos do you know what I mean like that, that you yeah. can beat them in like two or three hours and obviously that's because for most people you can't stay longer in a headset than that long it's just best best played in short bursts and hence why I feel mm-hmm. like that's why the staying power of Beat Saber has been something that's been around mm-hmm. um so I feel I feel like I'm intrigued um by Synapse and that I would play it if I had a PSVR 2 but guess what I'm not buying a PSVR 2 at the moment, even though I've already got Resident Evil 4 and the VR mode's coming up as a free update. Not when there's a version of PS of Resident Evil 4 already designed around MetaQuest. And not to like bleed in too much into the conspiracy, but I think the reason why Beat Saber was so late coming to PlayStation VR 2 is because in yeah. the years since Beat Saber came out, I'm pretty sure that Meta purchased the studio that makes mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Beat Saber. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was a bit of sabotage from uh, from Meta's perspective I mean, the Queen music pack, that looked cool. You know, everybody loves a bit of Queen. Queen Jasmine were this big band that they started in the 70s, and then they really grew and grew and grew, and they went on to achieve amazing things, uh, just in case you don't know. Um, But let's get into, like, so, like I said, the main problem, I've got every announcement that was made at the show here on my screen. And, -hmm. yeah, PSVR 2, definitely lackluster. Mm -hmm. Destiny, it was cool to see Cade 6 back. I wonder how they're going to explain that. Uh, and obviously, I think this is going to be the first Destiny expansion following Lance Reddick's death. So I'll be... Inst- I do inst- love
1: a bit of Nathan Fillion, I will say. But yeah, carry yeah. on.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. Like, add Nathan Fillion to your game, bang. It's instantly yeah. better. Halo yeah. 5, it's probably a 7. But if it wasn't for uh, Nathan Fillion, it'd be a 6. So Fortnite, uh, hearing
1: that, get Nathan Fillion in the game. Anyway, carry on.
0: Yeah, enough of this Troy Baker character. Let's get Nathan <laughs> Fillion in the game. Crying out loud. Um, there, like I said, I did like the emphasis on Indies. Assassin's Creed Mirage, it was great to see that. We're going to see it again next month at the Ubisoft Forward event, where people are probably going to have hands-on and impressions. But I do like the fact, as someone who... The last Assassin's Creed game I beat was Origins, which could be beat in about 20 to 30 hours. Then Odyssey came out, mucked everything up. This game's going to take you 60 hours minimum, just to see credits. Valhalla, you're probably looking at like 70, 80. So this is a return to... You know, set in the Middle East, it's a prequel to Valhalla, but they're essentially treating it as a successor to the original Assassin's Creed, more along the lines of it takes 15 to 20 hours to complete. Brilliant. Ubisoft, you did something right for once. Plus, you're getting a game out this year. So congratulations. Finally, <laughs> that comes in October. Um, there was there was a lot of excitement for Dragon's Dogma 2, mm-hmm, which yeah. um that and obviously that beloved game was a cult classic, the first one, a 360-era title. This game, it's yet to like blow me away yet. But I know that Mm -hmm. what it is um, known for is the kind of, like, choices that you can make within it. And in a post-Witcher 3 world, I'm excited to see Capcom kind of, like, tackle that. Mm -hmm. And as I put uh, in a tweet, uh, I think it was yesterday, when the Street Fighter 6 reviews dropped, uh, no bad game yet has been made on the RE engine, Mm -hmm. like, which is crazy. So it started with Resident Evil 7. Ever since then, Monster Hunter World, Street Fighter 6, whatever Capcom put on this engine, yeah, turns Yeah, Capcom to have
1: been, I was going to just say, Capcom have been yeah, yeah. really hitting the mark this year. Resident Evil 4 remake. I didn't even play Resident Evil and still, and I don't play horror games, you know, and still that game looked absolutely fantastic. I'm a bit of a graphic snob, as we'll get into later on, obviously, and that game looked beautiful. It was such a good remake. And then the new Street Fighter, seeing all of the reviews for that drop yesterday, seeing all of the video footage for that, that was absolutely gorgeous. I was like a bit hesitant when I first sort of um heard about Street Fighter 6 coming out and I was kind of like yeah because Street Fighters don't typically look like amazing they're not known for being like really you know graphically gorgeous but um this looked insane like and the fact that you had full character customization and the graphics still looked great and you could make this man like this really small man with big feet and it still looked really cool like i don't know that was great so i am really looking forward to seeing what capcom come out with next so dragon's dogma 2 is on my watch list definitely
0: yeah dragon's dogma 2 would be on that on that list and who knows like that you play as a customizable character in that game so you know, yeah, we're are, about to get res- some
1: sick some creations. Sick
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, But just going over to the comments, I guess, slightly Um, keep it involved in the chat. Mighty Mookie says, would have been nice to hear anything about the Last of Us series or Uncharted and know who's going to be their new protagonists. That is true. Like, I know you're not a single player gamer, uh, Jasmine, but obviously mm-hmm. the Last of Us factions has been delayed, whatever that was, mm-hmm. components part two. And now we're hearing reports that Bungie looked internally at what Naughty Dog was working on, said, mm this ain't it, this ain't it, bro. And now they've kind of gone back to the drawing board because I agree mm-hmm. that would have been great to hear. Some people are speculating that we might see something from Jeff Keighley's Summer Games Fest on that because that's where it was announced last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Nathan says, looking forward to play. Looking forward to playing Marathon, that Samurai game looked a bit like Elden Ring.
1: Oh, yeah. Of course, Nathan's bringing up Elden Ring, I will say.
0: Of course, yeah. And I it, I did get Elden Ring vibes from it, but it looked a lot more fast-paced as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rainbow Chris is, comes in just as Aaron, did you like Odyssey? Going back to what I was saying about Assassin's Creed earlier. I hate to break it to you, Rainbow Chris, but did I like Odyssey? No, it was a massive grind fest. in compar- Origins, when they rebooted the series to the open world RPG that it is now, that was the apex. It was you level up your character, then you move on to systems. And if you're OP, if you're over leveled, that's perfect. You can decimate people. You feel like a badass assassin. Odyssey just completely did away with that uh it level scaled with you and that really put me off coupled with the fact that every major city in Greece looked exactly the same um but anyway do you want to talk a bit about so Marathon was the other big like pop of the Mm -hmm. show I would say it was the other surprise because and I tell you what surprised me with Marathon Mm -hmm. it was the best looking because obviously we know that Bungie they're brilliant at making shooters they made Halo yeah Destiny plays like a dream As a live surface shooter fan, I know we haven't got much to go on, Jasmine, but did that do anything for you aesthetic wise, wise, especially when compared to fair game dollar sign?
1: Okay, compared to fair game dollar sign, I feel like you could put anything up there right now just because I was so like, ugh, with fair game dollar sign. But uh, Marathon just didn't really do it for me. I don't know. Um... It's just, I don't know, nothing in this showcase really clicked with me. I don't know, if was I just in a bad mood? What was it? Like, nothing hit the mark with me. And I think it's because I went in with such different expectations. Um, this, obviously, like I've said consistently, I'm not a single player person, but this is the year where I started to get into a lot more single player games. Um, after seeing some of my esteemed colleagues review some of the literal greatest games this year coming out stuff like you know zelda just the kingdom resident evil 4 remake dead space 2 remake like all of these amazing games i was kind of like okay i'm missing out i want to get more into these single player games and that's the expectation i went in with okay if i want to get into single player stuff then the first place to go is the playstation showcase you know it and used to be yeah that's what i was like expecting all of these new titles where i could finally be like you know what guys yeah i'm gonna play this this time i'm gonna play this this time And then nothing hit. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah, they're announcing all of this live service stuff. This is made just for me. It's literally target audience right here. And still nothing clicked for me. Marathon didn't look like it doesn't look like something I'd pick up. It doesn't look like something I'd want to play.
0: Because I do think like Marathon, it has a bit more personality compared to something like, I don't know hyperscape which was a ubisoft live service shooter like it seems like there's the makings of an identity there but the Mm -hmm. problem was with this showcase as well which we haven't talked about yet Mm -hmm. is that nothing had a date on it nothing had a date put on it really even marvel yeah there were very few
1: things yeah that they had actual official releases so adam wake 2 had one yeah assassin's creed mirage had one signups had one and everything else just had Coming, coming soon, soon. coming yeah. in this time period coming next year coming late this year and it's like uh i get that it's their first showcase that they've done in a while but i was just well if anything that's more of a reason why you'd expect them to have dates on a lot of this stuff this stuff has been in the works for ages now
0: i think people were holding out hope that one of playstation's smaller first party teams i'm struggling to think of who that might be now but maybe someone like pixel Opus, which they recently confirmed that they're gutting and merging with other teams internally would have something to sort of supplement marvel, marvel spider-man 2 this year mm-hmm. um and we can talk about marvel spider-man 2 in a second um because i feel like that's worth I want to get your thoughts on that, Jasmine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But Mighty Mookie says, to me personally, the Metal Gear and Spider-Man 2 showcase got me interested, but I won't be in a hurry to play them. I have too many other games to play. Makes a good point. 2023, as I keep on saying, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: the the console generation has finally arrived. And the irony is, is that Xbox and PlayStation really haven't been a part of it. Like, I know Final Fantasy 16 is next month, um, but that's that's a PlayStation 5 exclusive, but that's Square Enix. But to, to finish off my thoughts... On the the things that did get me excited, I don't want to end on a bummer note because yeah, this really wasn't the level of what you'd expect PlayStation to come out mm-hmm. with. Like, I want to see what Sucker Punch is following up Ghost of Tsushima with, really. And I don't even like that game as much as most people do. I think it's a perfectly fine Assassin's Creed alike. But yeah. other than that, you know, as soon as the Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater trailer showed up, that was a that was a pop. As soon as those drums came in, what a thrill! Oh, I don't oh, know, you're a really good singer, you- by the way. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> but have you ever played like a Metal Gear game, Jasmine? I no, I'm not yeah. a
1: Metal Gear Solid person. Um, I, I totally get that. People were absolutely thrilled with it because, you know, people have been big fans of that franchise for a really long time. Um, our own Scott McRae was over oh, the yeah. moon at that. So completely get it. But it's just not... I never played it. It's not much of a game. I I'd, I'd love it. to
0: do because we know they're getting a, the metal gear solid collections coming uh, mm-hmm. that is coming this year uh i'd love to get you on a stream playing the original Metal Gear solid 3 with scott or some or somebody just like coaching you through it and so getting your thoughts because that would be pretty amazing yeah but i like, don't know yeah. coaching
1: me through games as you know it's quite frustrating <laughs> playing the game with me isn't it i'd like to sit there scouring every corner as we did in the diablo 4 <laughs> service camp yeah. beta
0: as uh scott's just put in the chat and i know he'll appreciate me saying this this way metal gear is pretty good and there's a Metal Gear Solid reference for you. Um, Jasmine's like,
1: Whew. yeah, don't even get it.
0: <laughs> yeah. But even then, like, that doesn't, that was a CG trailer, no gameplay, doesn't have a date on it. And we don't mm-hmm. even know who's making it. We I feel like when you're teasing
1: something like Metal Gear Solid, um, well, you know, they tease a couple of things to Metal Gear Solid. I feel like when you're teasing something that big, something that you know people are going to be really, really amped up about, you, you should have at least like a. A time period. They didn't even give a month or anything with that one. They didn't even give a year. For all we know, this is coming next year. You know, like we don't know when that's even coming.
0: Yeah. And like we've had this like during the 2021 PlayStation showcase, everybody remembers, and it I'll admit it was a badass trailer. When the remake for Star Wars Kotor got announced, he Darth Revan ignites that red lightsaber. And oh my god, you know, Jewel of the Fates pretty much starts playing, and like everyone's hyped. Fast forward to a year. Oh yeah development's not progressing as, as we expected it to and now we're mm-hmm. indefinitely delaying it and I feel like you know you've really got to hit that sweet spot Xbox have tried in terms of like these games are releasing then in the next six months you know you're, these are going to be in your hands yeah. soon and that what that wasn't what this showcase was about except so that's you know, another
1: thing yeah like like you're saying uh I, as I always say I'm a big um advocate for you know only not announcing but you know like officially giving a release date for a game when you know that it's going to be ready by that time and you're not going to have to delay it and even if you do need to delay it fair enough delay it so it's in a playable state when it's released always a big adv- advocate for that i don't want tons of games coming out and then more to be Redfall for sequels you know like i just <laughs>
0: it,
1: it's fine take your time releasing games put the work in that needs to be put into it i completely understand that but i just feel like once you start teasing stuff like this that obviously people are going to be waiting for release dates, people are going to be waiting to know when it comes out and that puts pressure on the developers and the studios to be like, okay yeah, let's just say it's coming out in October for example, it's not going to be October but let's say they they do say that suddenly it rolls around to August and the game's not, not where they want it to be, what are they going to do? They're going to have to delay it and then I know that gamers right now are used to having delays. They're used to having these little apology screens on Twitter from all of these gamers because stuff doesn't work or stuff isn't isn't out yet and stuff is broken. It's like PC gamers especially, I'll tell you, we have had screen after screen with apologies with the little logo at the top and all this text in the middle and I don't even bother reading the text because I know what it's going to say. It's going to say, we're so sorry. We apologize. We're going to try and fix it. I get it. Cool. Take your time with it. But like you're saying, there has to be a medium found where you're announcing games, and actually, you know, releasing them in due course instead of teasing a game that's not going to be out for another like eighteen months. It's it's just feels a bit. uh,
0: I don't know. Well, well, that's why. Were were it not for the big Marvel Spider-Man two blowout at the end which was about, I think I ran for about nine or ten minutes, which was, a, you know, a sizable chunk of time. Mm-hmm. This PlayStation showcase, aside from Helldivers 2 and aside from Metal Gear and aside for Alan Wake 2 for me, this PlayStation showcase would have been a bust because mm-hmm. I think this gameplay showcase for Marvel Spider-Man 2 told us a few things. It told us that you will both fight against Venom in this game mm-hmm. as well as play as Black Suit Spider-Man, which I think was you know, pretty much confirmed because you can't put the black suit in the game and not have you have like a totally different power set.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: We we got a better idea of how the switching between Miles Morales and, and Peter Parker is going to work. And I like that. Mm-hmm. And then we also got confirmation that uh, you're not just going to be stuck in Manhattan for the entirety of the game because the gameplay demo picked up in Queens, which is a bit mm-hmm. more like there's less of a city skyline. So that will affect the dynamic about how you're able to swing and stuff. Um, but as a big fan of the the original Marvel Spider-Man for PlayStation and the Spy- Spider-Man Miles Morales spin-off game that they did, my God, this looked really, really solid. And the kind of thing mm-hmm. that, like you said before, PlayStation is known for and that this showcase really needed more of.
1: Yep, 100%. I think that that trailer at the end saved the entire showcase. I think, um, like you said, if it wasn't there, this would have been a really
0: disappointing swing and a miss for me swing and a miss hey eh? is um, that oh right yeah like Spider <laughs> ah, but I, I'm guessing you haven't played the original spider-man
1: I have yeah oh, I you have. have all right the so the first thing I did as soon as I got Matt's PC and the first thing I did is load that up because that nice. was a game I was I was really excited about I only just recently got into the spider-man franchise as a whole like um when the third Tom Holland movie came out before that came out I was like let me just you know People are really excited about this. Let me go and watch all the Spider-Mans. I did, and suddenly I'm like the Spider-Man super fan now. And I was like, okay, as soon as I get Matt's PS5, when he told me that he was gonna be giving it to me, I was like sat there I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna get to play Spider-Man game. Oh my god. <laughs> and um it was the Miles Morales one that I played, and it was absolutely amazing. Even just like as a graphic snob. The just swinging through places you know when you're sort of between missions or doing a side quest and stuff and just looking at the graphics that this game has it is insane, it's so pretty and it's so easy to waste so much time on that game just swinging around and trying to like, I don't know, just go everywhere type of thing because obviously it's not open world, the map is, isn't massive or anything like that but it's still like the the cityscape they've done, the skyline they've done, fantastic one of my top games of all time. I absolutely love it.
0: Yeah. Um, and like I said, like more Spider-Man. But that's again, it's like as JD says in the chat, it was axiomatic that Spider-Man 2 would be game of the show. And yeah, there's it had to be there. Like if it wasn't be there, yes. if it wasn't there, there'd be like major concerns. So the fact that they didn't open with it, it was pretty much a given that they were gonna end with it. Yeah. And um little cameo there from jasmine's uh, newborn kitten in the oh, background Sorry,
1: my bad. No, no. apologies guys um yeah i do have a newborn kitten about two feet away from me and sometimes she makes noise um so sorry that you can hear that in the background
0: yeah yeah but um i'm glad it's got, i'm excited then for you as well to play spider-man 2 as one of the few single-player games that you that you enjoyed it sounds like or recent ones i should say um you get to be in in on the fun with everyone else and yeah it's it's coming soon shame we haven't got a date on it the rumor is that it's yeah. coming in september i
1: do not but... understand how there's not a date on that i thought that that was going to be the be... because you know when you end on something i feel like that's when there's going to be a big like you know exact date coming out at the end of it and it will be like yeah they have showed us this trailer for ages at the end of this they've given us this is literally what most people are tuning into the showcase for to see this they yeah. didn't even give us they didn't give us a month they didn't give us anything. For all we know, that game could be coming out in 2025.
0: Well, no, they they said fall 2023 at the end. But, you know, and it has to come out this year. It has to, like, as far as I'm Mm. concerned. PlayStation can't go a full year without releasing, like, one of the big single-player games that they're known for. And maybe that's why Marvel Top Spider-Man 2 was the only one shown. Like, a, a couple of the others need a bit more in the oven. But I have to say, like, Main takeaway from the showcase was that, yeah, Spider-Man 2 looks great. A couple of other bits and bobs in there that look great. But it's very clear to me that Jim Ryan's era, Jim Ryan being the head of PlayStation since Sean Layden left, his priority is make money. And make money is Project Q. And it's also let's chase the live service dragon. And they've said before that they've got 12 games, live service games in development. And if Mm -hmm. they get one or two of them to hit, that's all they care about which yeah. as a PlayStation Stan, Sony Pony, whatever you want to call it, you know, I mean, I, I have been critical of them and I will be critical of them. It's it's a shame that this PlayStation showcase didn't have more of what I care about, sadly.
1: Yeah. Um, I tuned in to see a lot of like VR stuff and I was obviously also very disappointed. Well, um, we got the
0: showcase tomorrow from MetaQuest, Jasmine. So
1: Yeah, I know. But obviously, like I was saying, when you're looking for VR is for me primarily single player like it's fun to play some multiplayer stuff like zenith is great and stuff but you know it's primarily a single player experience you go you just you zone out of the earth for like a couple of hours and forget that everyone else exists um cool who is great at single player stuff sony who just brought out a dedicated vr headset this year sony whoa i wonder what they're going to do with vr oh absolutely nothing oh Fantastic. Thank you so much Sony. That's great. That's great. Oh, absolutely disappointed with that, but of course, as you said, Meta Quest showcase coming tomorrow. So that's something to look forward to. And in spirit of Nathan Bliss in the form of terrible segues, something else <laughs> to look forward to this week was the Diablo 4 reviews dropping and That
0: was, that was a good segue.
1: Oh, I don't think it was. I think that was a classic Nathan Bliss bad segue. <laughs> I am his biggest critic, though, I will say. Um, so after a glowing review from Aaron and getting some pretty high scores from Chris across the board, Diablo 4 is seemingly hitting the heartstrings for a lot of gamers who've been waiting a decade for the sequel. Is it a decade or just over a decade? Just under a decade? Around that yeah. around that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before I get into um, my opinions on Diablo 4, which are somewhat controversial and have caused people to not speak to me anymore, um, let's just jump straight in with um, what What did you think? Do you want to give us a little summary of your review? Um, by the way, guys, there is a video review up right now on the Mirror Gaming channel, which you can go and watch as soon as we're done with this live stream. Take it away.
0: Yeah, so I um, obviously Diablo 4 it's like a it's like a big deal because not you know you don't get one of these things that often so the fact that we've got Diablo 4 it's finally here and you know it's going to be out in the wild as soon as June 1st for anybody who's pre-ordered it um yeah you can look forward to that i think it's a, it's a perfect diablo game like it really is like the the main new feature right now is the continuous open world This is footage from my review you're seeing now, um, which is something that's new for the Diablo series before. Previously, you'd move from act to act, which generally represented a location, location, location to location. And um, like the fact now that you can go from the top of the map to the bottom of the map, not hit a load screen. Granted, you probably will because there's loads of dungeons you want to loot. It's kind of like, nah, it's pretty uh, incredible. And it makes this world feel a lot more alive than it once did. Not to mention the fact that me... Obviously, I'm the single player fan, you know, when it comes to most experiences. But the fact that it's, um, you know, an always online game does worry me a little bit. Like, like you have to have an online connection to play this game because it's so built into, you know, sharing the experience with other people. But a cool fact of that is that you do get these world events that pop up. You do have other people in your server that you can join in, in join in with the fight with um, and have a grand old time. Um, the classes are a lot more flexible than they were previously. So I play as the Necromancer in my review build um and like basically the necromancer's whole deal is that they raise the dead so you can like raise skeleton armies things like that but whereas in diablo 3 uh it was very much you hit this level then you unlock this skill now they've opted for a skill tree system which just makes makes each class like far more flexible and customizable so i think at the start of the game you have like one or two skill nodes that sort of branch out into wider ones and then from there it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and you can choose to invest uh, skills into attributes that either make your existing skills a lot more formidable or you can invest them into um, entirely new skills and see how you play. And at any time you can, for a small price of gold, gold, which isn't hard to come by in this game at all, you can reinvest and respec your character. Um, it's just its just a grand old time and I can't wait to play more. Unfortunately, during the review period, it worked similarly to the beta in that once you were done with it, your character got wiped and it would be reset But as soon as the servers come online tomorrow, June 1st, I will be right there playing through Act 1 again for the fifth time, which it seems to be a running thing for this year. I know I keep saying it because I had a similar experience with Zelda. But no, I think Diablo 4 uh, is getting, I was quite pleased to see it do so well review wise. It's getting like nines, tens and five out of fives across the board. I gave it a five out of five. I stand by that score. It's the fourth five out of five I've given this year for Mirror Gaming, which just goes towards my point that 2023, like for AAA games, it's finally arrived. Those other games, I believe, were Dead Space Remake, uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and now Diablo 4. We've got Final Fantasy 16 on the horizon. I don't know if I'm going to be on that review, uh, but, you know, I previewed it last month. That is another potential game of the year to contender. It's a jamboree, and but the main difference, obviously, with Diablo 4 compared to those games is that this is a game designed to eat up all your time. The end game is designed in such a way that you never need to stop playing. If you hit level 100, then you can just either respect your character or you can start a new character and use the skips that are built in uh, as soon as you hit 100 to sort of you know fast track yourself. Uh, there's going to be new seasons every quarter, and um, yeah, it's a grand old time. But never mind Diablo. Four. mighty mookie's asking uh six questions when's crash team racing coming out it's true 2023 would be better off if we if we had a crash team racing releasing this year but uh yeah in all seriousness jasmine that's my summary of diablo 4
1: um i think when i played diablo 4 during the beta um i actually did quite enjoy it um just in terms mm. of it's one of those games like you say you can put a lot of time into um it's not like a very intensive game where you have to be like fully dedicated to what you're doing it's kind of like a you can have a bit of a gab with your mates and get on and all run around still do your own thing you don't have to always be traveling as a group you can sort of run off and go and enjoy stuff while still playing the same game all together have a bit of a chat have a nice cup of tea just relax chill um i say even though i don't drink tea um It is one of those games where you're not really having to put a lot of thought into it, which is something that I like, given that the other games I play are very, very stressful. And I like playing, (laughs) you know, like ranked. I like playing competitively and they make me want to pull my hair out. So having a game like this is great. Um, The only thing that gets me, and I'm being dead serious when I say the only thing, because everything else about this game I really, really I like. I can't believe what I'm um, about to hear. I can't believe what I'm about to hear. That it's, yeah. like a, it's like a top-down um, perspective, which I love. I That is one of the reasons why I absolutely love League of Legends, is being able to see stuff top-down. Um, sometimes being first-person mode for me makes me feel really like anxious. You have no idea what's hmm. going on all around you and stuff. So having top-down games are a lot more relaxing for me. And then um, matched with this sort of like never- worrying about loading when you're walking around you just literally go and explore super immersive and then on top of that just the RuneScape open world everyone's always there there's world events type of stuff absolutely you know RuneScape was one of my first PC games absolutely loved it Um, so all of those factors combined yeah, love RuneScape Um, all of those factors combined this should have been my perfect game it just had one letdown which is something really major to me as I keep bringing it up um, over the course of this stream I am a graphics snob, and this game looks ugly. Okay. Um, I just think that, for me, I personally, I'm going to say this right now, this is my personal opinion. This isn't me saying anything objective. This is my personal opinion. I think that this game looks very similar graphically to League of Legends, which is a game that got its last graphics update in 2014, which is like close to when Diablo 3 came out. And I will say, yeah, it does look um, like it's a significant upgrade from Diablo 3. But that's because Diablo 3 was also hideous looking. It was so ugly. I never played Diablo 3. And for the purpose of, you know, looking into this stuff, um, I was like, oh, let me see some Diablo 3 footage. You know, like, I didn't want to just see pictures. But I went and watched hours of Diablo 3 footage. And I was like, this? It's so ugly this is so bad this doesn't look like a game that came out in the early 2010s this looks like a game that came out in the early 2000s late 90s it literally looks like old old runescape like it looks horrid so yeah cool diablo 4 is a significant upgrade on that but for me i just still don't think that it is hitting what it should be hitting given it's a game of the year contender AAA title coming out in 2023 and it costs 69.99 70 pounds for this game. That's it's the base true. game. Base it's game, true. no DLC. 70 pounds. It's very expensive for a game which I get has a lot of replayability. You can pump so much time into 100% behind that. I get it. But it's still a game which is like it's it's not really going to become your main game. It's like a background game that you sort of hang around with friends on. Um Aaron used the example that it is a podcast game, you know, like it's one of those things that you play while you're having a chat with your mates type of thing it looks so ugly so ugly and um i actually got someone messaged me saying oh is it because you uh, haven't got the graphic settings set to the highest i was like nope they were set to the highest oh is it because you need to upgrade your pc nope i'm running a 13th gen intel processor and a 4080 it's nothing to do with any of that it's just in my personal opinion ugly um And one of the things I wanted to ask you actually was, is is it that people are enjoying this and looking past how ugly the graphics are because it's a significant upgrade from Diablo 3, which is what people loved so much. And that's all that they need. They just need something that looks a bit nicer, not something that looks the nicest. Do you know what I mean?
0: Uh, no, I don't have a clue what you mean because this game looks absolutely fine to me. Like it's probably not the really? best graphics I've ever seen. Jasmine, like w- when we were playing this on the server slam, I, I, I'm I still remain like dumbfounded. Like I'd love to know what games like this you're playing that look better than this from like a top-down isometric view of uh, you. Be that League or you know, because that that's the that's the strange thing is that Diablo doesn't have like a a comparable game that you can sort of like compare it to and i agree with you Mm -hmm. that diablo 3 not the best looking game but where did diablo 3 launch first pc so when it eventually did come to (laughs) i'm joking by the way put down your pitchforks um (laughs) like the the graphical step up from diablo 3 and to diablo 4 is just like it's like another level and honestly the, the the detail in like these locations like the little crevices the lighting the shadows like don't get me wrong this isn't god of war ragnarok but it's not lord of the rings Gollum either as um jd incinerator keeps saying in the chat um so i i really I, I wish i could empathize with you in the graphics issue i really do but like i it might be the case that i am playing the ps5 version maybe the pc version was slightly compromised i can't uh, speak to that all i know is that when i was playing this on my uh led 4k ready screen on playstation 5 in performance mode the I didn't have an issue with the graphics or how it looked at all.
1: I'm running. Like, I was running it on a 4K monitor as well. This was another thing that someone said to me it was like, "Oh, maybe your monitor is yeah. really bad." It's not. My monitor is absolutely amazing. Other games look fantastic oh. on it. Can I, so maybe can I it's just game not game my tea.
0: What games do you want this to look like, though?
1: I. I like, that's the thing is that I couldn't. I couldn't say what I want it to look like because there's not games out there that look like this. The only thing that I can think of in my head that looks like this are really old, crappy games like RuneScape and League of Legends, which don't look. Right anywhere near you know what i'd expect it to look like but for a game coming out in 2023 i don't know like i just i just want something a bit more um i don't know if it's to do with like some of it is definitely down to like the particle effects i just think that there's not enough particle effects for the abilities that you're consistently using over and over again and like the animations and stuff like that like i just don't think that they look very good i don't know i'm just i'm really let down with the graphics of it and i don't know no matter how many times someone explains it to me and goes oh look at diablo 3 and compare it there i'm not wrapping my head around how this game costs costs 70 quid because i just think into when looking at graphics alone because i completely understand yes it is a great game and i probably will play it i probably will pay for it and play it i will say that but it is okay hideous looking. looking and while i'm playing it i'll be like yeah this is so ugly guys let's go and load into the ugliest game that they've released this year. I will keep saying that I stand by my point with it.
0: Oh man, I don't know. Like even like the cutscenes on in this game are like another level. And like there are there is some like in-game stuff that happens. But um so uh, I'll just say like we've got people coming in on the chat. I feel it's good to get people their perspective. Come in, people
1: coming people coming for me with their pitchforks. They're not actually you've got
0: some you've got some support in here as well. There are people coming for me, don't worry. Uh JD Incinerator says I'd rather pay £70 for Diablo 4 than five pounds for Lord of the Rings Gollum.
1: Yeah, that's completely Today, kind no of. more.
0: Yeah, Lord of the Rings Golem, probably the worst reviewed game of this year. Um, <laughs> thank God none of us reviewed it. Uh Mighty Mookie says, Wow, so I won't take your opinion on game graphics, Jasmine. Noted. Graphic graphics are subjective, just remember that. But then Callie says performance mode has me in tears for some reason.
1: <laughs> I said <laughs> I, that I, I was joking. very close to laughing as well when you were listing off everything and then you said performance mode.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's well funny. the funny thing with that is is that like I didn't dip into the menus to see if there was like a performance or like, a boat, but I, it, def, it was definitely running at 60. I think that, that that you might not even have the option on consoles. I just I'm so used to saying that now because I play all my <laughs> games in performance mode. There, you happy? And then Adam L <laughs> says, I think Gauntlet looks better than this. And there's been so many Gauntlet games. I'd be interested to see which one uh, Adam is referring to. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's so much more. We can talk about graphics if you want some more but I don't think I'm going to win No, that,
1: that was just yeah. <laughs> my perspective on it I think like
0: that's your really big takeaway I yeah.
1: can I I can still look at this game and say yeah like this is a good game and this is something that I will probably be playing and you know like um I can acknowledge that graphics are completely subjective I I, I get that because literally every other person that I've spoken to has said Jasmine what on earth are you talking about so you know I I get it but I still just want it to be known that I'm disappointed with the graphics of this game, and I couldn't tell you, you exactly do you think what it is. That's to more to like art it.
0: style related, because this is darker and grittier. It's like more, maybe. I'd say, dare I say, horror centric compared to Diablo Three, which was very much la di da here we are, like it's very maybe, high fantasy. Maybe, but I think like,
1: um, even with like cutscenes, like the one cutscene that I actually watched the whole thing of. Um, during the beta that I played, because with the rest of the cut sc- cutscenes, I kept skipping them because I thought that they looked hideous; yeah. they weren't interesting to
0: look at. The one cutscene I watched I cannot believe what my ears are hearing right now. I literally <laughs> cannot hear it.
1: <laughs> the one cutscene I watched was where um, the townspeople they knock you out, they put you on this little car, and we made a joke yeah. about your legs hanging off the end of the car. Right, that's an
0: in-game is... cutscene, like it's happening in engine, but there are well, dedicated. Well, yeah, of
1: course, like that. Like, yeah, yeah. But that's still like that's sort of a bit of the game where you know it's not rendering the entire world around you. So that should, even though it's still with the same is. engine, it should that's it should problem. look yeah. a bit nicer. And it still just didn't. And like, I don't know, like it's just like this man pulling you on a cart, your legs are dangling off, and it still just looks exactly the same as the rest of the game. Like it just didn't do it for me. Like and even the actual like out of engine cutscenes that they that they had rendered like those were, you know, hands up they weren't they weren't this they looked much nicer than than this gameplay but uh, I don't know I, I think it I must can, be down to the art
0: style. Can I just say that anybody who's watching the the uh, like uh, watching us on stream right now and looking at the gameplay like this is not representative of how the final game looks like I'm not trying to defend anyone but it's a fact of life where. My internet quality isn't like amazing. So this is just to give you a general idea. So because I think that happened before when we were playing on the server slam, people were like, "Oh my god, this game looks a bit muddy." And that's, I think, just literally a case of like, yeah, that when you party. when you're
1: streaming stuff, yeah, stuff isn't always going to look as as perfect as when you're actually got it open on screen. I think this is more in reference to like looking at the art style and the colors and stuff like that. This isn't. Don't worry, guys. The game isn't rendering in four eighty p when you're actually. Yeah.
0: It up, don't worry. Yes, yeah, true. Um, I will um, say
1: that, but. Uh, It was like when we were playing on stream and I had to do... I was like, yeah, let's zoom in all the way so we can look at all the details on the characters and stuff like that. And in that instance, I said, oh, wow, like, it looks a lot nicer. You can see all the details and characters. You can see all of these these different clothing items that you're putting on properly. And you can see a lot more, like, particle effects coming from, I don't know, like, the rain or the ground or the the mobs that you're fighting. But you're not going to play the game zoomed all the way in. That's not how you play it. So I don't know. Clearly, like the potential is there for it to look amazing and for them to add more particle effects and do whatever, whatever, but they just haven't because I guess this is how the game is meant to be played. The game is meant to be ugly when you're playing it guys. That's that's that.
0: Well, I don't know. (laughs) What's ugly, eh? What's ugly? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, I I reviewed a game this year called scars above like, and I think I gave it three out of five stars, which is probably a bit generous, but if you want to see what a bad looking, uh, PlayStation 5 era game, like new game release comes out. the one that's not Lord of the Rings golem that's probably mm-hmm. it. Um, but the gameplay uh saved that game in that instance. But um gameplay is king in, in Diablo, always has mm-hmm. been. Um mm-hmm. and absolutely like I do have some niggles with this game, like really small niggles for anybody who wants to like listen to my review on the site or read my review at mirror.co.uk slash gaming. And that is in Diablo three, because you're collecting like armor pieces and loot at such a regular basis they had the wise uh, idea to sort of give you a shorthand clue about like how is what you just picked up how does that stack compare to the current armor piece you've got for some reason diablo 4 doesn't do that and that when you collect a new armor piece it just instantly goes to your inventory and you have to literally stop pause open up your menu hover over the item you want, click square on the PlayStation 5 DualSense controller, which we talked a lot about earlier. Um, and, and that's how you see the stats and how it compares and the power level mm-hmm. compares to what you're currently wearing, which to me is just a massive oversight, to be honest, because that is I a long time to I think that
1: comes from the game being designed in a PC-first perspective.
0: Because so on O3, PC...
1: Yeah, I, I. That's that's true. But like... With Diablo 4, for me, swapping items in and out wasn't like an inconvenience to me as much as right. it, it, it obviously was because you have to keep pausing and the amount of times you have to swap in and out, obviously the way that the game is, is quite often. So, you know, you're constantly picking up better loot and, and swapping in. But on PC, it's literally you press one button, you press C to open your character menu. And as soon as you hover your mouse over all the different items, all the stats come up. So you just quickly hover over everything. You can quickly scan, right, right. you know, what's got better stats and then you drag and drop and that's it. And it replaces it. And I feel like that sounds like a lot simpler process than what you're describing for console.
0: Yeah, yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all, because this is like one, uh, the first time, I believe, that a mainline Diablo game has released day and day on console and PC. Mm. And from what, I, what, what what else I've been talking to with reviewers about, it is like a slightly different experience, because obviously on PC you don't directly control your character and um I, I it literally be as easy as implementing that same system as you did on the diablo on the ps4 version of diablo 3 mm-hmm. uh, via an update uh, or a patch uh, to diablo 4 and then a lot of my problems would be solved but even then because this is an always online game anytime you're looking in your inventory you are open to attack from enemies and foes which obviously mm-hmm. wasn't a case before so it's got a little bit of the dark souls about it in that sense where time i mean there are some
1: some locations where you're sort of safe right like when you're in mm-hmm. cities when you're in times in yeah yeah so you, there are some locations where you're safe but realistically you're not going to have time to only swap in and out when you're in those locations so there are there's a bit of relief from that you're not always under attack but yeah, yeah i do get where you're coming from
0: yeah but but aside from that like like i said the the f- flexibility of the classes are are, are amazing and um like there's only there's I say only there's only five at launch and a lot of the fan favorite ones like the crusader witch doctor they're not here but having said that when I interviewed there's an interview with the diablo 4 devs on our youtube channel that you can click and watch like there I very specifically asked them the question and I know developers hate this because they're like look we just want to get the game out now let alone think about what we're doing later down the line but as soon as I asked them whether or not dlc characters would be a thing (laughs) excuse me they said uh there's always room around the campfire And, you know, that tells me that there's, you know, a lot more to do and a lot more characters to come. Mighty Mookie says, what about the blocking system? Um, I don't believe the Necromancer comes equipped with the block as far as I can tell. Um, That wasn't the case in Diablo 3 either. It's more of like the role returns so you can dodge it. Correct me if I'm wrong. You might have played Diablo 3 and it might have been there. Um, (laughs) Excuse me again. Dying over here. I'm in the the fires of hell right now. (laughs) Um, But that does bring up a good point because Diablo 3, it was very differently paced, whereas you had infinite roll and it was equipped at least on consoles onto the analog sticks that you could very much get out of the action, get out of the chaos fairly quickly. Whereas here, unless you want to allocate skill points to buff it and uh, do, do that as you can, as the more the campaign progresses, it's mapped to a cooldown and it's a button as well. So you have to like roll, then you're waiting five seconds, roll, and there were definite instances during like the big boss battles where um, I found myself getting overwhelmed. And I can't imagine what that must feel like in the early hours when you're playing barbarian rogue to close range, cl- close range classes. Um, you know, my first point of priority would be to buff the role as soon as possible, but it was only because I had my skeletal army with me, skeletal warriors, skeletal mages, and maybe something else. Those were scary. Give
1: away. Those were absolutely scary. Like the way that they yeah. just appear from the ground, we were just walking around. I would literally go in the next room to loot because i'm a little loot goblin in these games and i come back oh, in and yes. suddenly suddenly aaron's got five more skeletons walking around around him and i was like right okay there's no need for me to be here then but
0: yeah i think there's like a max of like at least in my review playthrough i got um to a max of like seven or eight like, that is like so four, many though four warriors and uh three mages i believe is what i capped i at without uh pouring more points in um but having said that, they don't do like a lot of damage, right? But they do take the heat off of you. So yeah, you're allowed yeah. to like be a little loot goblin, as you say. Mighty Muki mm-hmm. follows up, says, I played Diablo 2 and no manual blocking system, but I heard 4 was in it. Hmm. In that case, that might only be the case with like certain classes, but there was definitely not a block with the Necromancer, I'll say. Neither the Barbarian that I saw, which I played in the first beta. And then I played about 10 minutes of the Sorcerer, the Mel Sorcerer. Uh, And then I realized that because it's such a long range class, you literally cannot go up to like chests and bash them open. I was like, nah, can't be doing this. I need to like smash things from day dot. Hence, I went with the Necromancer class. Um, But yeah, I don't know really what else there is to say about Diablo 4 that I ever haven't said here or in my review. It's just like it's one of those games that we're going to be talking about. And Activision Blizzard are obviously hoping for this for a long, long time. Yeah. Like Diablo 3 is still enjoying new seasons now. So is Mm -hmm. Diablo 2 resurrected. Um, So I think we're looking at another 10 years before we even get a whiff of Diablo 5. Yeah. But having said that, it's going to be interesting how the end game is received once the game becomes available to the public. Because, yeah, obviously.
1: I do feel like right now in the current gaming ecosystem, we're missing that sort of RuneScape esque um, style title. That sort of like you don't have to commit to it every single day, but when you do come online, you can just jump straight in, play with friends, and it's more casual. It's not like you know, playing something competitive or ranked or anything like that. And I feel like since for me anyway, since the death of RuneScape, well, I know it's not dead, no one come for me, but since <laughs> the the death of RuneScape, it's there's not really been a title that's filled that that void for me. So Diablo 4 i am really excited for it to come out and i'm excited that there's a lot of hype around it too because it means that it's not hopefully not going to die out as quickly and it will like you're saying continue to be supported for years and years and years and it means that even if i do decide you know what this game isn't for me anymore i can jump back in like in a year's time and come back to everything being there exactly the way it was when i left it and that is what i'm quite excited about it is just a tad expensive in my opinion
0: Well, wait but... for, wait, maybe wait for a sale. I'm sure it's like £10 off of uh, the price it is on console on Steam, as is usually the case, or Battle.net, there, not it? So I don't yeah. know, actually. Um, but I talking about like the lifespan of this game, you'd mm. hope that Activision Blizzard, and I get the sense that they have, I've learned a lot from Diablo Immortal, which released uh, either last year or a couple of years ago, which mm-hmm. was obviously mobile-centric, but also released on PC, was raked over the coals for the level of microtransactions and the kind of gamification mm-hmm. of it all. -hmm. This is very much a premium product, and yeah, uh, I think it'll do well to scratch that Runescape itch because I think like another a series that takes inspiration heavily from Diablo is Borderlands, but that's a shooter, so Mm -hmm. and that's very much another one of those switch off, switch brain off, listen to the story if you want to, but you can equally listen to a podcast. This I think has a story that's worth listening to, and it's presented in a way that's very cool and that did always want to keep me guessing. Mm -hmm. Honestly. Just during the review period, like my first sit down session with the game, I was doing everything. I was doing the side missions. Oh, there's a little cellar. <laughs> I'm going to go off see that. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And literally, just to get through the game in time for review, I was like, got a golden path. It, like, I wish I didn't, but I've got to do it. So I'm excited to yeah. jump in with everybody else.
1: I think, um, like when I played it, I didn't pay any attention to the story because I was just so interested in, like, oh my God, I want to pick up that, like, bit of blue and that bit of blue and all that gold. And like, I was just, I was literally just going mad because that's what I do when, you know, faced with these open world style games. I was just like running around and doing stuff. And I still had an amazing time in it. I had no idea what the story was. I had no idea what was going on. Half of the cutscenes, like Aaron was still <laughs> in them when we were playing together and I was just skipping them. And I was just like still having such an amazing time. And I was like, oh, we need to go here because this person told us to. And I'd be like, all right, then. And it comes up as a tool tip, you know, in the top left. So if you're not following the story, you know where you're meant to be going and what you're meant to be doing. So that's what I was mainly using as like direction. And I was still having such a fab time just running around and exploring and, you know, just picking up loot and running away from mobs that are chasing me. And it's still (laughs) great. Um, So I do feel like when I jump back in now, when I pick up the game, I'm not like replaying the opening scene for the fifth time like you are, because I didn't actually Uh... pay attention to the story. So yeah. yeah,
0: that was a wise choice looking back, to be honest. But like I said, I'm rather than rush through, I'm excited that I can just dive in and yeah. experience these side stories at my own pace at my yeah, own pace yeah 100%. Diablo lore um, is freaking awesome Mighty Mookie you're right but <laughs> the problem is, is there's a lot of it so yeah, we'll get through it together hopefully
1: and with that I'm going to say that it's time to wrap up our amazing um, two man mirror gaming walkthrough due to Matt's technical issues thank you so much for joining me today Aaron thank you for your um, good vibes thank you for your rants thank you for your perspective on Diablo 4 and yeah.
0: um Thank you for having me and excellent job hosting the podcast. Thank I know you this so was much. A first for you, but you did an excellent job. So well thank done. you so
1: much. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, me and Aaron again, I think for the Meta Quest gaming showcase live stream mm. at 6pm BST, where we'll be looking at some actual exciting games being showcased, hopefully, and not um, a load of. I don't want to say anything bad not a load of games that i wasn't interested in like the playstation yeah. showcase um so Do tune in for that tomorrow Go i on. was just
0: gonna ask like hardware wise are we expecting to see no. the three
1: meta normally announced hardware stuff at the meta connect which comes in october right. so i'm not expecting it but you know who knows the playstation Ooh. showcase doesn't normally see too much hardware stuff and suddenly we got project q earbuds. And, and earbuds so <laughs> who knows um, anything
0: can happen yeah
1: but yeah uh, we are going to be back tomorrow and then again if you want to join us for another Mirror Gaming Walkthrough we're here every Wednesday at 4pm BST um, so you can tune in for that again next week here on the Mirror Gaming channel be sure to like the stream and subscribe to us if you want to see more videos from us and with that um, I will catch you guys in the next one Bye bye
0: bye